Hear that? It's the call of the Crave. And when the Crave calls, you know what to do. Try the $5 Bacon Bundle, because the only thing better than a White Castle slider is a White Castle slider topped with crispy hickory smoked bacon. So pick any two of either the Bacon Cheese Slider, 1921 Bacon Cheese Slider, or Chicken Bacon Ranch Slider, and also get a small fry for just $5 with the $5 Bacon Bundle. White Castle. Follow your Crave. Just to love. God, I would have said love and mind your business. If I was God, I'd have said, can you love and mind your business? From Crooked Media, this is Unholier Than Thou, and I'm your host, Philip Picardi. Okay, y'all, I am so excited today. I think the 13-year-old version of me would literally smile his braces off and need to get them retightened or reapplied because I am welcoming the incredible and legendary Michelle Williams to the pod. For those of you who don't know because you have terrible taste in music, perhaps Michelle Williams is a member of one of the most important girl groups of all time, Destiny's Child. Michelle also has had an illustrious and lovely solo career, and she recently came out with a book called Checking In about what she calls overcoming her struggles with mental health. And I love Michelle and have always loved Michelle. When she was in Destiny's Child, she was the quote-unquote gospel girl because she learned how to sing and developed her voice in the church and then became, you know, the one of the badass women singing Survivor on the mic and doing her thing up on the stage. Michelle and her journey have been so inspiring to me because as, you know, this season, we're thinking a lot about resurrection and redefinition and this sort of reawakenings that people are going through in the wake of, and of course, in the pseudo aftermath of this pandemic. And for me, Michelle embodies that in such a brilliant way. When Michelle decided to become more of a public advocate for mental health, she revealed some really brave things and about her journey. And, and she really goes into the dark and the light of it all. So I do want to just caution some listeners um, in case you feel uncomfortable or triggered hearing about things like suicide or suicidal ideation. There is a little bit of that in this episode as Michelle talks about it. Um, And so if that doesn't feel right for you at this moment, maybe you skip this episode or maybe you come back to this episode. Whatever works for you is totally fine with me. I I do think that there's so much to learn from her story. And I love how, as she has chosen to redefine herself, going from being one of the biggest pop stars in the world to becoming this advocate for mental health. And she also reveals in this episode that she is going back to school to get her degree in psychology to potentially pursue counseling more meaningfully. I think that there is so much to take as inspiration and nourishment from this conversation. I love how she talks about spirituality and her evolving relationship with spirituality and how it all unfolded on such a very public stage. You're going to recognize the song she talks about, the songs that she sings a little bit even. Um, And of course, you're going to hear all sorts of incredible things about her own realizations of mental health and how she's really held mental health and spirituality in one hand and has managed to really grow from her experience. So thank you for listening. I am so excited and honored to present my conversation with the lovely Michelle Williams. 
the lovely, legendary Michelle Williams. Thank you for being here with me today. What an honor. Philip, thank you so much for having me on. Oh, it's absolutely my pleasure. <laughs> I have been a fan, obviously, for so long. Destiny Fulfilled is one of my favorite albums of all time to this day. And I remember getting to hear your vocals on that album in their glory and their entirety. And I was, I, I, I remember the song Through With Love when you hit all those high notes. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. Oh, and you know, when you said that title, Destiny Fulfilled, my heart kind of stung a little bit because I'm like, I think we got at least one more in us, but that's not my <laughs> thing to call. But I, I'm like, yo, we were in our bag at the time. But, you know, I wrote in my book about how I felt like I understand because, you know, Beyonce and Kelly have been working together, I think, since they were nine or ten. So they were probably like, all right, it's time to go. And here I am like, I just met y'all six years ago. What you talking about? We still got 10 more to go. <laughs> you know, so um, I totally I totally understand why it was time to hang up the heels. Yeah. And, you know, everything. Obviously, it's like maybe we have multiple destinies and that was just one part of the fulfillment, you know? Philip, you preach it already. <laughs> Listen, I got um, I got so defensive on when I saw on Twitter that people were trying to cancel cater to you because <laughs> I was like, you know, the thing about the song is that it's one song on this multi-track album, of course, and the whole album is about love. So like you start off with soldier mm. and lose my breath. Right. So it's like you're in the courtship moment. Then you move into like t-shirt and you kind of get like the what it feels like to be in a relationship and like sexy time and cater to you is kind of like that like okay this is new and this is exciting and so yeah like I want to like treat you right and put on my best performance for you and then you get to the break where were you at to write that review what I, you just said right now that should have been in Rolling Stone or Billboard I was like t 10 <laughs> singing along to you in my bedroom trying to match your your riffs <laughs> And I remember it's not too late. It's not, it's not too late. I remember, I don't know if you remember this, when Beyonce is on the song Free, which is one of my all-time favorite songs. Mm. She says in the song, in her ad libs at the end, I catered to my man, now someone catered to me. Take me out sometime. Give me my lifetime. Time to think about Ooh. my needs. You remember? You better say every lyric. You hear me? <laughs> She sure did say that. She said, take me out some time. Give me my quality time. It's time you think about my needs. You've been doing me. No, she said, you've been doing you. I'm going to do me. I'm free. She sure did say I'm that. I'm free. Ooh, she said yes, all of honey. it. She already addressed it. She already addressed the Cater 2 controversy before the song even came now, out. Now, why were we in okay. our 20s singing like we had 45-year-old problems? I don't, why was I like 12 with braces on singing the same song? Talk about you understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, it was that whole album is just, it's I timeless. Love it. By the way, y'all, I was not singing the song in the proper key. Um, I was a few octaves lower. So. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly yeah. right. We know what you can do. We will not make you do it on the podcast, Ooh. of course. Um, but I, I love the idea of music being your gateway to God, um, because 
sometimes when I get to watch people perform, especially very talented vocalists, it mm. is like being in the presence of God, isn't it? It's like, how else do you explain that kind of a gift? Well, the amazing thing is that God created everything he created he and he created music i mean one of the most the popular angels of the time obviously got kicked out of heaven because he thought he was greater <laughs> than god but that was something god created and he was like you know what maybe let me let me get rid of you but i'm gonna save music <laughs> you know music right. didn't music didn't descend with lucifer it stayed, you know, where it is. And that the powerful thing is sounds. That's why I think sounds are um, rulers of the air. So that's why I know I try my best to put out when I do put out is to put out good, good music, positive, mm. positive music, because it is spiritual. Yeah. And your whole training of being a vocalist happened in, in the church. Isn't that right? Weren't you... Still singing in in the church when you auditioned for Monica? Yes, yes. That was, um, what, in 1999, um, I got the opportunity to sing background for Monica. A friend of mine happened to see if my number was the same. He found my number in the bottom of a moving box and said, hey, yeah, no. he said, I just wanted to see if, if this number was still the same. I said, yeah, so we just kind of caught up, and he was, like, um, telling me what he was up to. I was still in school, and he was like, well, I'm about to go on the road with Monica, and we're about to go on tour with 98 degrees, okay? Like, 90, <laughs> what? No, you were probably born in 98, Philip. 91, 91. See, well, see, you were seven. You were about seven, eight years old. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And so uh, I say, really, you're about to go on tour with them. So I'm just talking out the side of my mouth. That's what I that's what I'm feeling I'm doing. I said, well, tell Monica I said hi. And if she needs a background singer to call me now, Philip, what I'm going to say is we got to be careful what we talk about and what comes out of our mouth, what we say, because he calls me. Couple weeks later, I'm 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 now I think um, I think I'm home for the summer by this time. I think um, that's how fast the um, that's how fast the timing went. Like maybe a week or two later, he calls and says she's having auditions tomorrow in Atlanta. Can you get to Atlanta? Get out of here! I said I can't afford a next day plane ticket, and I said, and if I take Greyhound, I'm just now gonna get there in the year 2021. So. I might just have, I'm going to have to sit this opportunity out. And he said, wait a minute, my cousin works for United Airlines. Let me call her and see if she can get a buddy pass for you. I said, okay. So I'm just waiting by the phone. Her name is Gladys. I always say she's like my gateway. God and Gladys Mm. are my gateway. Well, Freddie, Freddie, God and Gladys. Because Gladys gives me a buddy pass. She was a United Airlines employee. She gets me a buddy pass. I fly from Chicago to Atlanta. I audition to sing background for Monica. And then they say, you're about, you're going to come on tour with us. I was like, oh, I got it. This little church girl that's got on a dress from a beauty supply store. And I got on these big old clunky shoes from Payless. <laughs> <laughs> what? 
by the way, what no shade visual. to pay less, okay? No, um, none. I don't know, Philip, if you ever go into a beauty supply store in the hood, okay, you can buy clothes in the beauty supply. So you can get your weave, wigs, and edge control, and you can also get clothes in certain beauty supply stores. So, um, yes, I'm telling you, like, I didn't have money like that. So I'm wearing a dress, like this sundress, and these big platform clogs from Payless called Highlights. And I do the audition and they pick me. Wow. Because that voice was bigger than anything. I guess so. Thank God. And uh, we go on tour. Destiny's Child happens to be on some of the spot dates for this tour that was sponsored by Nickelodeon. Destiny's Child had maybe two or three songs out. They had Bills, 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 No, 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 and Bugaboo. Those were their popular songs. And then a few months after that tour, um, I get a phone call from Tina Knowles, which is Beyonce's mom. Of course, Miss Tina. And she says, um, we've been looking for someone. And Janella Segura, who actually danced for Monica, was Destiny's Child's choreographer as well and Beyonce's cousin. So I encourage young people because you might get an opportunity and depending on how well you do that job, somebody will call your name. I was minding my business the entire tour. If you treat people right, show up to work and do what you're supposed to be doing, that's a seed in the ground for something else down the road. I really, really believe that because they could have picked anybody, but they chose this girl from Rockford, Illinois. So I, so we set up a meeting. I fly down to Houston, Miss Tina and Solange. They come and pick me up from the airport. Solange oh, is about wow. 12 and they come pick me up from the airport. I go and have this amazing meeting with Beyonce and Kelly. We sang together and just kind of laughed. I think they took me to Papa Doe. And <laughs> I, and I said, you know what? If nothing comes of this, I can say that I met two of the sweetest girls ever. And then you got friends for life out of that. Friends for life. A few weeks later, I get a phone call saying, um, we need you to fly out to Los Angeles to film the Say My Name video. And Philip, because I was still in school, I was like, okay, I'm supposed to be shadowing the county coroner because my major was criminal justice. My God, what a change of scenery. Listen, so I I had to choose, do I shadow the county coroner? Because I wanted to see what an autopsy was like because I was going to go into forensics. So forensics, you kind of have to be around a lot of stuff. Yeah. So I'm like, do I do this, shadow the county coroner, or do I fly to LA to film mm. Say My Name? You literally were choosing so between chose- shadow <laughs> and being in the spotlight. That's the literal choice. Ooh, yes. 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 So I chose the spotlight, I guess. I chose LA, and um, my life kind of changed after that decision. That's right. And... Once you joined Destiny's Child, I feel like the refrain from everyone was like, oh, the gospel girl joins the independent women. You know, this was the Survivor album. It was the camo bras and, you know, this kind of fierce feminism that was well before, you know, it felt like feminism was in the pop mainstream. 
And I felt like the finger was kind of always pointing at you, like you must have been so uncomfortable, you know, with this tension in your life between being a church girl and now being this pop star. But it never really felt like that to the mm. to the true fans, I thought. I don't know. How did it feel for you? It felt fine. We were protected. And I just remember my mother having so much peace and comfort knowing that, okay, well, she's on the road. She They practically have chaperones every step of the way. Mm-hmm. And so thank God, thank God, we were protected and kind of, you know, insulated from certain things. Like if we had to be in the studio with people, Miss Tina, she's like, you can't be drinking, cussing and smoking around these girls. You, Or like when they when we would come around, they thought we were a gospel group because we got to put our weed up. We got to put our alcohol. Up. We, we can't do this. <laughs> I mean, everybody was on their best behavior because they knew Matthew and Tina Knowles did not play. So I will say we were kind of insulated from that. And we didn't come up in the social media era where you log on your Instagram and you're seeing everything you're tagged on unless you choose the option in your profile that you don't want to be tagged in anything. Okay. Imagine growing up in that social media era, not saying we wouldn't have thrived, but we probably would have been encouraged to take social media breaks or just not pay attention to any of that. Um, So I'm kind of thankful that we didn't have to come up in this era. Yeah, I I can understand that. And also just the notion that because you were empowered in your sexuality or singing about a woman's sexuality or singing about independence and freedom and liberation for women. Mm. I don't quite understand how those things are at odds with belief in God. Do you know what I mean? Cause that's not a kind of God I want to believe in, you know, if that's true. Abs- abs- absolutely. And, and you know, I remember praying about the decision before I even flew to Houston to have the initial sit down with Beyonce and Kelly. And I felt so much peace. I felt a release to go. I prayed about it. One of my favorite scriptures is Proverbs three and six and all thy ways acknowledge him and he will direct your path. That's part of checking in with God, praying about a decision. And if you feel peace about it, do it. Now, even if you feel peace and a little nerves, it's still okay because you're going to have a little apprehension about doing a new thing. But peace should always be the foundation. You're always going to have butterflies in your stomach. Um, Philip, you could pray about a new job or a new opportunity. You'll feel peace about it. But a part of you will still feel like, oh, I'm a little nervous. I don't know these people. I don't know what's going to happen. Of course. So that was me. I had peace about it. But at the same time, I had to take Pepto-Bismol because my stomach was, <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm a little nervous. But at the same time, feeling peace. Now, we know when we shouldn't do something. We know when we shouldn't say something. Something normally gives us, gives us a way of escape. Something kind of tugs at us to say, ah, this might not be the right thing to do. And most of the time when you have that feeling, always know it's not rejection. It's protection. It's not rejection. It's redirection, redirecting you into something possibly better. Here we go. Michelle, you couldn't have teed up um, the real the point of the podcast this season any better than what you just said. And, and I love how much your life is a mirror of it. 
Unholier Than Thou is brought to you by ZocDoc. Has this ever happened to you? You need to see a doctor, you search and find one that looks good, you wait on hold to book an appointment, you rearrange your schedule to go to said appointment, and when you finally go in, you find out this doctor doesn't even take your insurance. Luckily, now there's a solution. You can download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or on video chat. You never have to wait on hold with the receptionist again. Whether you need a primary care physician, a dentist, a dermatologist, a psychiatrist, an eye doctor, or an other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com unholy to download the free ZocDoc app and sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc. Now is the time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com unholy and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's ZocDoc.com unholy. Unholier Than Thou is brought to you by More Than This, a podcast from Vox Creative and Straight Talk Wireless. After this past year, you probably know of at least one person who decided to change things up. It might have been moving across the country, leaving that toxic job, or maybe realizing you're ready to adopt that pet. And we usually only talk about how those stories end, when in reality, the far more interesting moments have probably happened right in the middle. More Than This is a new podcast following individuals who chase their own personal what-ifs and the life-altering shifts they experienced along the way. Hosted by fashion editor-turned-author and my friend, Danielle Prescott, More Than This comes from Vox Creative and Straight Talk Wireless. Listen and subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast. Unholier Than Thou is brought to you by Bev. Bev is a female-first canned wine brand that was founded to change not only the way a product is consumed, but the way an industry and culture have operated for generations. Bev have six varietals of wine, Rosé, Sauve Blanc, Pinot Gris, Pinot Noir, Glitz, and Glam. And when I'm feeling fancy, I love to use the Pinot Gris. Their wines are all dry, crisp, and a little bit fizzy. They're super refreshing and delicious. Plus, they have zero sugar and only three carbs and 100 calories per serving. The cans may look cute and tiny, but each can is actually a glass and a half of wine, which is perfect for when you don't want to open a bottle of wine for yourself. A 24-pack is equivalent to basically eight bottles of wine. Their four packs are great for gifting or hosting, or whenever you're going on a little impromptu picnic as soon as and as long as the weather is permitting. We've worked out a special deal for our listeners. Receive 20% off your first purchase, plus free shipping on all orders. I suggest trying their best-selling Ladies' Night Variety Pack so you can check out all of their delicious varietals. Go to drinkbev.com unholy or use code unholy at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-B-E-V dot com slash unholy. Bev can also be found at retailers nationwide, including Target, Total Wine, Bevmo, and more. Unholier Than Thou is brought to you by BetterHelp. I know that we've all been going through stuff, and that's actually a lot of what this podcast is about this season. And BetterHelp is a really easy way to talk to someone who can maybe help you parse through what you're going through and help you figure out how to move forward in a way that feels healthy and productive. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. You can start communicating in under 24 hours with a therapist. It's not self-help. It's actually professional counseling. And there is a difference. You can send a message to your counselor anytime and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. Plus, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. The service is available for clients worldwide. There's a broad range of expertise available which may not be locally available in many areas. Plus, there are licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, 
family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, and self-esteem. Anything you share is confidential, plus BetterHelp is convenient, professional, and affordable. And if you don't believe us, you can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. So many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. I want you to start living a happier life today. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com unholy. Join over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot unholy. I'm, I'm so inspired by um, looking at people this past year who have obviously turned so much tragedy into triumph for themselves or who have had these kind of breaking points or breakthroughs or as you call it, a redirection. And um, when they were basically faced with the entire world closing off to them, they made their own door and then they chose to walk through it. And I have to say, for me, that is so much your story, which is why I wanted to talk to you so badly um, for, for this season, because what I what I read about um, you and your ongoing journey, you know, coming to terms with counseling, therapy, mental health, depression, and you being able to bravely talk about these things in public, um, it just feels like you are in this completely new chapter in new league of your life that is so inspiring to to witness. Mm, thank you. I feel like I want to go to lunch with you. Just to- <laughs> You just filled my little love cup up. <laughs> I appreciate that. I, I really do. But I, I do mean it, you know, like, can you talk to me a little bit about, obviously the book is called Checking In. Mm. It's a fabulous book. It's also a fabulous listen, by the way. That's how I chose to digest it. Um, but yeah, can you tell me uh, mm. a little bit about what brought you to the point where you finally said, because you said that there are three words that were kind of this turning point for you and you finally mm. said, I need yeah. help. Yes, those were the three words. I need help. You know, at the time I felt like a hypocrite. I felt, what are people going to think? But desperation and shame cannot coexist. I was desperate. Mm. By that point, I was desperate for help. And a part of me was like, I don't want to live like this. And I was, I, I had hope. Like, get the help that you need. You will come out of this, Michelle, to, to Nitra. You, you just hold on. And, you know, even if you are embarrassed, I'd rather be embarrassed for five minutes than to keep um, having um, difficulty after difficulty, challenge after challenge. And it seems like the challenges, the reason why I say challenge is because certain challenges you can win. Mm. Certain challenges you can overcome. And I said, I've got to I've got to overcome this. God, you didn't bring me this far. You didn't um, have show favor on my life for it to just come for it to end like this. Because I was I was I wanted to end my life. I played I played told God, I said, God, you know, I've lived a good life. What more do you want me to do? What more is there for me to do? Oh, honey, I am so glad that you are uh, here with us. And, you know, um, someone that I know, um, Unfortunately, their son died by suicide on Friday. And I was just like, I know that place. You feel hopeless. You feel like no one will care. You feel like no one will understand. You start saying, you know what, maybe 
I know life will be better gone. I won't be a burden. I won't be in the way. And those are just lies that are just that are just whispered into your ear from whatever force you believe. I'll say the enemy or say it in someone because of your beliefs and culture. You might call it something different. But those are whispers in your ear that are so negative. And at the end of the day, God wants us to live and have life. Everything God created is about life or can create life. Right. Right. And so I just I, I, I know what it's like. I, I know what it's like. And so fast forward to writing this book. I wanted to give people language to either what they've gone through, what they're currently feeling or even loved ones. I have had about a couple people in my DMs tell me, Michelle, I, I don't recall dealing with depression or anxiety, but I have a loved one who does. And your book is helping me respond better. Mm. to them because you know when people don't understand what you're going through they mean well but they don't know how to respond yeah they or they dismiss what you're going through so checking in was to give people language and checking in was to give people three practical things to do check in with yourself i do that a minimum of three times a day oh i love when i wait when i wait yeah yeah what i when i wake up in the morning I'm affirming I'm going to have a good day. I know life going to throw me something, but I'm going to have a good day. I'm not going to let external people, forces, emails, text messages throw me off. Okay, I'm not going to do that. Although you can have a natural human response of anger, sadness and frustration when something does happen. But it, I, I refuse to let stuff like put me in the bed for two and three and six weeks. No more of that. Checking in with checking in with others. That's the second pillar. Um, you know, checking in with people. Hey, how you doing? And checking in with people that you may deem um, hold you accountable. Right. Because um, community is so important, you know, to have safe people who won't judge you, who will walk with you and who will say, girl, let's go. Let's go to brunch. If it's safe out in these streets, because apparently COVID numbers are rising again. But y'all know what I mean. Yes, we know. Um, and then checking in with God is simply honest conversations. I don't mean King James Version. I mean, God, I'm overwhelmed. Or I'm so thankful. Even though I might be feeling down, I'm so grateful to look at the trees around me. I'm grateful for life. Those three pillars of checking in. I am fascinated, to be honest, that God is a part of the three pillars. Obviously, I understand it. I guess where I, you know, where I come from or what I kind of see in the mental health conversation, I would love your thoughts on this, is a lot of people who say that you can pray mental health problems away, right? Or that if it's not of God, then you simply need to find God and things will get better. Mm. And so it almost sometimes feels like, especially in very religious circles or communities, that there can be this sort of like dismissal of mental health Mm -hmm. as something that's not like a legitimate health concern. Do you know what I mean? Did you feel that tension at all when you were coming to terms with your own, um, I guess your own mental health journey? People really, when they're ignorant, they might say things because they don't understand. But when you sit down and talk with them, a lot of people that I know have been like, 
wow, I didn't think of it like that. How you can say prayer is a weapon, but therapy is a strategy. So you can do both. There you go. Yeah, that's a really good way way of talking about it. Because, Philip, we don't, do we, do we tell a person, you're living in sin? If I tell you, girl, I got to go to the doctor. I've been having heart palpitations. <laughs> versus or I have to go get my annual exam. Do we tell somebody you you don't have enough faith? Why do we do that when it comes to people and their mental health issues? When we when you tell when someone says I'm going to go to therapist, oh you don't have enough faith. You're not reading your bible enough. You don't go to church enough. You don't pray enough. But like I didn't tell you that when you had brain surgery. Right. Right? So why do we why do we do that? And we isolate or we separate people, therapists, psychiatrists and psychologists. We have them over there instead of having them be all inclusive with the other medical health professionals. Yeah, there's such a stigma around asking for help or knowing mm. when you need help. And I, I guess, you know, it, it's fascinating to have you be such an advocate for it, because I can imagine these were all part of your processes because there must have been a part of you who was kind of looking at it thinking, nobody wants to hear me talk about this, right? Like you said, the enemy, you know, whispering in your ear, right? Like you are a successful woman. You know, you've had a career that most people could only dream of in their wildest dreams. Absolutely. It must have been hard I mean, for you. Well, I'll tell you this. My depression started when we when we traced it back in therapy way back in the seventh grade is when I can recall symptoms, isolation, my grades were dropping. I was just so sad, but still able to function once I got around community. But for the most part, that's when it started for me. So Hollywood didn't cause depression, Destiny's Child, none of that. Actually, Destiny's Child to me was life-saving, life-giving. I got to live dreams, you know what I mean? Um, but I will say, I just didn't know how to process abuse. I didn't know how to process trauma. And what happens is um, when those lies are being whispered in your ears, that shame could be guilt that you put on yourself. Man, I should have talked about this a long time ago. And I, I'm, I'm protecting people. I'm, I'm or shame making you feel like it's your fault that someone hurt you. Mm. And I, I really feel like a lot of people are dealing with that. I was um, talking to a young girl yesterday and I said, honey, it is not your fault. Oh, she was just sobbing, thinking um, abuse and her being molested, that it was her fault. And I said, mm. no, ma'am, do not own that. Do not own that at all. Mm. I, and I know it's easier said than done, but don't own that. Don't anybody listening. Do not own someone else's um, infliction of pain on you. Right. It hurt, but don't but don't own it. Don't say it's your fault. Right. I don't care if you curse somebody out. It's still not right to hurt somebody like that. Mm. It's not right. It's interesting. It's not your fault. Because you, um, you know, one of the most famous songs that you've ever sang is called Survivor. And that's kind of one of the themes that I was thinking about as I was listening to the book, right? Like what a, at the beginning, really at the sort of beginning of your career, you sang this song urging women to embrace the fact that 
they are survivors and they are thriving and finding power in that. And it almost feels like maybe it took you a little while to learn that you too were a survivor, that you too needed that kind of message. Yes, absolutely. Survivor. Um, trying to figure out was it did it just turn like 20 years old or 21 yes 20 I think yeah so that song not only are we survivors but we're thrivers yeah and um hearing that song it's a whole different meaning for me for sure and life will bring new meanings to some of your favorite songs Yes, that's that's something that's really special, I think, about just being able to have a body of work to look back on and look back on those accomplishments. It's almost like, I don't know, there were messages in there for us all along that um, we didn't know how prescient they would be until we were going through something new. Mm. And that's kind of, you know, one of the things about the spotlight and when we said you were stepping into your light is that, of course, the spotlight also has a glare, you know, and so it can reveal things maybe that we weren't ready to see or maybe that are cast in a light mm-hmm. that's not flattering. And I know that must have been um, a tricky part of, of the mm-hmm. journey to that double-edged sword of being in the public eye. Yeah. Um, I will say um, I kind of still make sure to have some type of normalcy. You know, I, I live here here in Atlanta and I was excited that you know, I get to go to my favorite ice cream spots and not be worried, you know, versus my sister B. She can't she can't go anywhere. So I try to curate and create some type of normalcy. I will say in the Destiny's Child heydays, it was absolutely bananas. So I, I personally, after Destiny's Child, have not experienced the thing about the limelight and the spotlight. Thank God I've, I've been able to use the spotlight or in platform to shed light on um, issues such as mental health. And I'm going to continue doing it. Yeah. And you're also formalizing this role that you've kind of carved out for yourself with mental health. I heard you're beginning or restarting, I should say, studies. Is that right? Yes, 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 yes. Going back to school. Wow. Um yeah, I feel like, you know, some people say, Michelle, your experience is enough. Your experience is enough. But I just feel it tugging like, girl, go ahead and finish your degree. Now, it might not be in criminal justice, but <laughs> you got to finish the degree. What are you getting your degree in? Psychology. There you go. This this whole thing is is like it's like a whole new chapter for you. Yes, it is. It is. So I hope to come back. Um, in a couple years with my cap and gown. Yes, on. <laughs> that's incredible. And did you make the decision to restart your studies during the pandemic or when did that kind of come about? I did, but I promise you for the past 10 years, at least twice a year, I would always Google schools. Like, I think I want to go back. I think I want to go back. But now more so than ever, because um, I'm doing lots of mental health speeches and coming in contact with people who love my voice and want my ear. And I was like, maybe what if I get a degree and maybe do counseling? Wow. Counseling. Yeah. Yeah. What a complete shift (laughs) of a life direction for you. Yeah. And if it's not counseling or it's least it's doing something, but I'm doing the psychology track 
which allows me to go further for counseling. Right. And just like when you auditioned for Miss Monica and made your way to Destiny's Child, hopefully all of these things will reveal themselves for you in in very fast time. Mm. You know, whatever comes next. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I know what a big step it is because I also decided to go back to school during the pandemic and I'm going to be attending Harvard Divinity School in the fall. Yeah, where I'll be studying religion um, for a full year and I'm moving to Boston for it, which is where I grew up. So it's a really like full circle moment for me. But I it is so humbling to go back to being a student. And um, I'm also so excited about just the structure and engaging in conversation with people Mm. about these big ideas, you know, like having homework. I find myself oddly just like elated whenever I think about it. Yeah. And I think now I know us being older, I'm like, we're going to be more focused. We actually going to get our work done. We're going to get good grades. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm, re- I'm really, really, really excited. And you lived a full life. You know what I mean? Like that's the other thing, especially with mental health and counseling and those things, you know, life experience and wisdom are invaluable assets for mm, that kind of a field so of work. You lived such an archetypal life as, as many celebrities tend to do, right? Where you just experience all of the things. And I mean, my gosh, like, right. Like fame and um, relationships and makeups and breakups and friendship stress and like all of the things that, you know, when you're a college kid, when you're a student, of course those things are happening, but to go back with hindsight, I think mm. is a really cool gift. Thank you. Well, I'm excited for you too. That is really, really, really big and amazing. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Yeah. When when you look at the kind of um, conversations that are happening on social media around mental health, you know, for example, of course, um, we have the incredible Naomi Osaka who recently stepped away from the French Open and, and cited her mental health and protecting her mental health as the main reason for stepping away, for which she received both praise and then, of course, you know, scrutiny. Um, what are you thinking and like what is the temperature you're kind of taking on on how the public engages on these issues and what needs to either change or evolve from your point of view? I started talking about this in I think uh, January of 2013 is when I kind of revealed um, that depression has been a part of my journey. So from then till now, I, I do see a big difference. I do see growth. And that's because mm-hmm. also, I think social media plays a big part in the um, making people aware. More people are open to listening. More people are open to saying, you know, what? I want to learn how to respond versus react. I don't want my pain to be a hindrance in my future. Um, what can I do about this? And I see people who were once judgmental at least saying, at least they're changing from being judgmental to wanting to understand. Right. Do we still have a ways to go? Yeah, I still see rude comments um, um, or people saying, oh, um, you just need to have thick skin or you're just spoiled. What do rich people have to be worried about? You've got it all. I wouldn't. It's like you, you still go, we're still going to even when you make tons of strides, you're still going to have a few people who have been under a rock. Or they will just project their anger and hurt on you. Yeah, that's that's for sure. 
And I think monitoring those things and also developing healthier relationships to social media and to our devices is essential for like basically liberating ourselves from, Mm -hmm. I think, some of the side effects of, of these mental health journeys that all of us should be on, right? Like I think putting down the phone is probably a good first step <laughs> for, for recovery and for making ourselves better. Mm. This is, I, I totally agree. I was thinking about some of the pages that I follow, like uh, Mental Health America and the Great Depression Project, Philip, and how they're every day. Because social media can be used um as a powerful tool. Yep, that's for sure. And as I was telling you, in the last eight years, as it relates to mental health, I've seen, I've seen a change. Mm. Yeah. 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 Wow. Yeah. I guess in, in closing, Michelle, I wanted to just ask you, obviously you've been through a lot of changes over the past 10 or so years. And um, some of them have been really, really wonderful. And of course, as you mentioned in your book, some of them have been, to use your word, uh, a series of challenges. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like your relationship to your spirituality has evolved as you've unlocked this new chapter of your life? You know what? I feel like it's become definitely more of a personal one and not something that, because how I saw other people pray, how I, how I saw other people have relationship with God, meaning what I saw in church. The good thing about being on the road a lot, I had to cultivate my own relationship. So I would say it's gotten stronger, more authentic, and not so much of like the the isms that go on in religion. I think for me, I've been more so on relationship. Can you tell me if you're comfortable a little bit about what that looks like for you? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, to me, it's more so what we do outside the four walls of the church. Yes. We can go to church and put on our best Sunday, go to, as they, as the old folks say, um, at least in, uh, African-American culture, they say, you, you put on your good Sunday, go to meeting outfit, right? Go to meeting. Okay. You put on your best Sunday, go to, you can put on the, your best church hat, but still be the meanest person ever. Mm. It's what you do when you go out the church. Are we supposed to be walking around like acting perfect? No, absolutely not. But are are we supposed to have love in our hearts for every living human being that has breath in their body? Absolutely. Mm. Love. 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 That's (laughs) it. God ain't, he ain't asked nothing else. Just to love God. I would have said love and mind your business. If I was God, I'd have said, can you love and mind your business? Now, when I say mind your business, I don't mean to literally see somebody hurting in your view and you do nothing. (laughs) But love and do what love does. Love is kind. Yes. Love is an envy. Love doesn't gossip. Love is patient. It's in first Corinthians. Yes. You know, (laughs) Michelle, you um, you gave us a reason to celebrate and come together when you were making beautiful music, both on your own and, of course, with the women of Destiny's Child. Um, and then you're now giving us all reason to come together in a very different way um, and to learn to 
how to better love and take care of ourselves. And I'm so excited for all of the love you're going to continue to bring to the world. So thank you for, for sharing about your journey and your story with me. I really appreciate it. Philip, thank you and much love to you and congratulations on the moves that you've making, how you've been making changes out here in faith, but still in the mainstream culture. Yes, that's that's what we need, isn't it? Thank you so much, Michelle. Unholier Than Thou is a Crooked Media production. Our executive producer is me, Philip Picardi. Our producer is Leslie Martin, and Brian Semmel is our associate producer. Our editors are Kareem Duwady, David Grinbaum, and Sarah Gibalaska. The theme music is by Taka Yasuzawa. <laughs> <laughs>